Israel was recognized by the United States in 1948 as a sovereign state. And in 1949, the UN admitted Israel as an official sovereign state. On December 6th of 2017, President Donald Trump made an historical announcement. You know what it was? That historical announcement that the United States recognized Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. And he ordered that the U.S. be relocated from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. In spite, in spite of the U.N. Council, I think it was the Security Council, uh, their protests, and many other major, major countries. Throughout history, Israel has, has had to fight for its survival, you know, against almost seemingly impossible odds, especially the Arab and Muslim states. Why is there such love and why is there such hatred for this tiny, what, 12,877 12, square miles of real estate called Israel? Slightly smaller than the state of New Jersey. Isn't that something? To me, that is absolutely amazing when I stop and think about that. So my first thought, I have three thoughts this morning. The first one is the chosen holy city. We're going to be looking at 2 Chronicles 6, verses 4 through 6. Then he said, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, who with his hands has fulfilled what he promised with his mouth to my father David. Solomon is talking here. For he said, Since the day I brought my people out of Egypt, I have not chosen a city in any tribe of Israel to have a temple built for my name to be there, nor have I chosen anyone to be the leader over my people Israel. But now, but now I have chosen Jerusalem for my name to be there. And I have chosen David to rule over my people Israel. Of course, we know that Solomon built the temple. Solomon offered praise and thanksgiving for what God had done. And the narrative moves from the Exodus to the beautiful temple in Jerusalem, God's chosen dwelling. This is God's chosen place. He chose to dwell in Jerusalem in the temple and God's chosen king, David. There are great cities around the world. We have Tokyo. We have what? We have Paris. We have Rome. We have New York for some. Chicago, I think it's a great city. Has a lot of problems, but oh, I just love Chicago. I love to drive down Lakeshore Drive or whatever at night. To me, it's just, just beautiful. But there is something very special about Jerusalem. There's no other city like Jerusalem, I believe, on this planet 
period because it was prophesied over 2,000 years ago that Jerusalem would be at the very center of the dramatic events surrounding Jesus' return. Think about that. Jerusalem is, that is the place. It's the hub. It's the hangout. It's right there. God, Jerusalem, and all believers will be linked together forever. Forever. We are going to be there. You know why? Because we will spend eternity where? In the magnificent new Jerusalem. That's going to be our hangout for eternity. So it does have ramifications for all of us here. Amen? As Christians. I remember uh, years ago when my, when Britain, our oldest granddaughter, when she was just a little girl, she was so, she would say, you know, we're all going to be together in the new Jerusalem. I don't think she really understood what she was saying, but she's right. We're all going to be together, and we are going to be together in the new Jerusalem. Amen? Now, I don't hear a lot of amens on that one, but uh, you see, if that's coming down, but I'm telling you, it could be closer than what you think. I'm just saying. You know, it could be. Number two, Jesus coming in power and glory from Zechariah 14, 1 through 5. A day of the Lord is coming when your plunder will be divided among you. I will gather all the nations to, Jeru- to Jerusalem to fight against it. The city will be uh, captured, the houses ransacked, and the women raped. Half the city will go into exile, but the rest of the people will not be taken from the city. Then the Lord will go out and fight against those nations as he fights in the day of battle. On that day, his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, east of Jerusalem, and the Mount of Olives will be split in two from east to west, forming a great valley with half of the mountain moving north and the half moving south. You will flee by my mountain valley, for it will extend to Azel. You will, you will flee as you fled from the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah. Then the Lord God will come, and the holy ones with him. I just want to say from here on out, we're going to revisit some of these verses because this is very heavy. And I think, really, we want to kind of take some of these just verse by, by verse because some of it is so unclear. And some of it is a lightning rod of controversy for other people. But I just want us to see what the Word is saying here. And then what I'm sharing with you, you can draw your conclusions as the Holy Spirit leads you. Amen? And amen. All right. So what I'm saying is, if you don't like what I'm saying, then I'm saying, well, whatever. You have your own opinion. You know, anyway. Verse 1a. A day of the Lord is coming. This will be a time immediately before his second coming. Then you go to verse 1b. To gather all the nations to Jerusalem to fight against it. We're talking about a host of nations coming against Israel. This is called the Armageddon. The big battle, the battle of all battles will take place when Israel is absolutely surrounded, being devastated, and no help. Because all the nations pretty much go against this one little itty-bitty 
place called Armageddon, where you can see the forces of light, Jesus, going against the forces of darkness, Satan and the Antichrist. Are you with me? Okay. Jerusalem will be ransacked, women ravished, and half the city will go into captivity. Verse 3, then the Lord will go out and fight against those nations as he fights in the, in the day of battle. When it appears that the Antichrist and all the nation correlation has defeated Israel, at just that time, Jesus himself will enter the battle. And who's going to be with him? Jesus is coming back. All the saints. Jesus will enter the battle himself. And the balance of power will dramatically shift. Verse 4. On that day, his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, east of Jerusalem. Jesus promised that he would return in the same way that he had left the Mount of Olives. And Acts 1.11 is, is another reference. There he shall reign during the new millennium. We will reign with him in glory for a thousand years. And all believers will escape his wrath. Then, after the millennium, comes what? The great judgment. Millennium, great judgment. Then, after the great judgment, the new Jerusalem is going to come down. The new Jerusalem. Now, for many people today, even some Christian circles, they say, well, this is just a fairy tale ending. But it's not. It's in the Word. Read it. It's there. Don't try to interpret any other way than it is what it is, what it is, what it is. This is going to happen. And if people question that, just consider all the prophecies leading up to this have all come true. Jesus said, I'm coming back in the same place, the Mount of Olives, that I left. Isn't that amazing? So you know when Jesus comes back, where he's going to be? Where are we going to be? We're going to be with him. Praise God for that. Isn't that wonderful? I just, to me, that is just so exciting to know that this is going to happen, and it's, going to, and it's real. Number three, you're thinking, boy, this is going really fast. But you better hang on. We'll see how this is going to We'll see what the good Lord, good Lord has in mind. I call this the New Jerusalem. And I'm going to stop right here. And some of the things I'm going to say might catch you by surprise. Um, all I can say is when we go through this, Take a look at the word yourself. You know, just take a look at the word. And if you have any questions, just come to me. And I try to help give you my thinking on this. Uh, because now we're getting into this whole area of the end times is so unclear to so many people. And even Christians, it creates so much controversy, controversy and questions. But we cannot... Avoid Revelation, the book. God did not go from Genesis to John, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, 
is all the way to re through Revelation. So we cannot take out that book. When so many Christians want to take it out, we cannot. We need to read it. We need to try to seek and understand it because we are going to spend eternity based on what happens in the book of Revelation. Amen? Not lecturing you, but I'm just saying it. It's something to consider. Okay. Revelation 21, 1 through 5. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And there was no longer, there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people. And God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who is seated on the throne said, I'm making everything new. Then he said, write this down. For these words are trustworthy and true. Again, verse 1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first, first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. First, this earth that we live in will not exist forever. We know that, right? This earth as we live in, as we know it, will not last forever. After the great judgment, God will usher in his real Real, listen to this. Build back better new Jerusalem. That's what God is going to do. Second John, verse 2, John said, I saw the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven and from God prepared. Okay, here we go. I love the word from God prepared. Now, all of you have your, your cell things. You can, you can look up all... Look up, look up that verse and see what your translation says when, I, when I'm talking about prepared because that's the real catch word here. And that word has really created a lot of conversation with theologians, uh, with pastors from all, whether it be liberal, conservative, moderate, or whatever. What does it mean prepared? Or he appeared what does it mean? You're looking at me? I don't know what it means. No. What, what does it mean to you? I, I found that to be a very interesting verse because, because it doesn't imply it doesn't imply that the earth was just created or New Jerusalem at that moment in time. It implies that the New Jerusalem has already, is already there. This is the rub for many theologians. 
But for others, I'm in this camp. I'm in this camp. I believe that the new Jerusalem exists right now based on what I read in the Word of God. So I'm in that camp. Therefore, if I'm in that camp, and who's to say that I'm wrong? Because we're in the book of Revelation. So you need to kind of just kind of follow, follow the signs, follow what's going on. But if, if I'm right, or if I believe that I'm right, with the, what the scripture is saying, what does that mean? For those that believe that the, the new Jerusalem exists right now, it means that your loved ones, the one that are in Christ, are there right now. They're there right now. There's so much talk about what happens when the Christian dies before Jesus comes back again. We've talked about that. And there's a lot of theories out there, but who's to say that our lovers are not in the New Jerusalem right now? Some say, well, when we die, before Jesus comes again, we're in some kind of sleep. Or, and others say, no, we're going to have some kind of a body because the Bible says that when Jesus comes again, when he comes down from the clouds, we will have our new bodies. We are talking about God here. God can do all things. He can do this any way that he wants. I'm just saying that I challenge you, if you disagree with me, get into your word. Do some cross-references. Do your study. Do your due diligence. Then draw your own conclusions. But for me, I think it's kind of cool. Because I know, I know where my daughter is. I know where she is. You know, I know that she's having a blast. And remember what Jesus said. He said, I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. Think about that. I'm going to prepare a place for you. Where is that place going to be? The new Jerusalem. And that place is going to be one day, consider this, one day when you get to heaven, you're going to have your mansion. What is that going to look like? There's speculation there. But as I see it, you're going to have your neighborhood. And in your neighborhood are going to be people that you know, that you've known here on earth. It's going to be cool, isn't it, to see that? That excites me because our faith is built on eternity with Jesus. That's it. If our faith is not built on eternity with Jesus, or we want Jesus right now to fulfill all of our earthly needs, that is a very shallow, shallow religion or shallow faith, shallow look at the Gospels. It's always about the future. It's always about that. You can say to me, you young people, well, gee, why do we talk about heaven? You know, I got all this life. It goes so fast. Life goes so fast, doesn't it? As we get older, you blink, you think another week is gone. How many times did Janet say, I can't believe it's Wednesday again. Then we say, I can't believe it's Friday. I can't believe it goes so fast. So what's happening here is just temporary. And how we view this will affect our eternal life. Amen? All right. I can see we're all really so excited. But, you know, it really, it just, it, to me, it's just so amazing that 
And the Bible says that this new city is going to be breathtaking. You know, we've talked about the new Jerusalem. And what can you say? How can John had a difficult time putting into words exactly to describe the new Jerusalem. You know, no pain, joy, etc. Beautiful. It's going to be beautiful. So Bible says so beautiful that we will not be able to describe it. All of that waiting for us. I walk in here this morning. I love it when these lights are on, you know, and you look and, and you have the trees going, everything. It's cool. You turn the lights. All you have is just the Christmas lights on. It's beautiful, isn't it? That is nothing. This is nothing compared to what we are going to see forever in eternity in heaven. Isn't that just so cool? Just to know that. And then what about the New Jerusalem? We talked about it. What's the size? It's the shape of a cube. It's going to be 1,500 miles square in every direction, even up. That's about two-thirds the size of the United States. That's huge. And that's just the New Jerusalem. Another topic is the New Heaven. So that's another topic in within itself, talking about the new earth. I don't want to confuse you on that one at this point, but we're going to finish with Revelation 22, 1 through 5. And here again, we want to break it down pretty much verse by verse. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. This water of life represents the blessings of eternal life that are flowing from who? From God and the Lamb. So you have God and the Lamb, Jesus on the throne. And what's flowing from them is this river, this water of life. Verse 2. Down the middle of the great city, great, great street of the city, on each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nations. This tree of life is like the tree of life in the Garden of Eden. And we know that story because Adam and Eve disobeyed God and ate from what? The fruit of the tree. As a result What happened today? Death, sin, pain, struggle. It came upon them and upon this world. We live in a broken, broken, sinful world. However, in the New Jerusalem, every believer will be able to eat freely from the fruit of the tree of life. There'll be no sin, no evil, all good, all good, all with Jesus. Verses 3 and 4. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and the Lamb of God will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. Now, just get past what it's going to look like. You know, water crystal clear, the pearly gates, 
all the wonderful imagine just the, the, the beauty of that and you're there and you're there and lo and behold you look up and you see the man you see Jesus your Lord you see him face to face can you imagine that what, what would you say to Jesus I don't know I think about that I would be so in awe I think what I would do first just me personally maybe that wouldn't be the case when I'm there I just want to give him a big hug and I just want to hold him and hold him and I want him to wrap his arms around me and just hold me Perhaps after that, I might have about 10,000 questions I might have. But isn't, that's for all of us. This is a blessing for all of us. Not simply for me, but for all who are in Jesus Christ. That's unbelievable. And then let's go to uh, verse 5. There will be no more night. They will not need the light, the light of a lamp. Or the light of the sun. For the Lord God will give the light. And they will reign forever and ever. There won't be darkness. Why? Because Jesus' light will light the city with his presence. Boom. How can you say, you know, really, it's, it, to me, it's just amazing what's waiting for us in this wonderful new Jerusalem. So, as this applies to us today, these prophecies, which are, which are taking place even right now, I would encourage all of us to just be aware of what's going on in the Middle East. Just, and it's not, that's not hard to do. Just turn on and watch the news or whatever, or, or get on your internets, whatever you want to do. And find out what's, what's the latest going on in Israel. It, it is amazing what's happening. We're seeing Iran. They are what? They're, they're pretty much pushing for a nuclear. Uh, once they have that, we, then we're talking about the hatred. Remember earlier? Iran, Iran hates Israel. They hate us. Iran does. Once they get that device, look out. So, there's going to be a lot of interesting things happening there. We don't know what's going to happen. But all I know is this. Israel will not allow Iran to have a nuclear device because they know if they do, what's going to happen to them. My friends, isn't it kind of interesting that this is God's chosen land and yet they have gone through so much turmoil so much hatred their way and it's going to escalate it's going to get worse it's going to be horrible watch the Middle East now I'm going to close with this before we get into the communion and that is I ran across this from uh, a book from Dr. David Jeremiah and how many remember uh, or know of Kathy Lee Gifford Okay. Now, my understanding is she's got a new book out, by the way, on, on the faith. She's a strong Christian. 
And she was talking about Israel, and she wrote this about, about Israel. And I want to share this with you in closing because to me, it just it was, it was very profound. She said, and I quote, My love affair with the land of Israel began the moment I took my first step onto the promised land in June of 1971. I was 17 years old, and my father's high school graduation gift was a trip for me and my mother to attend the first Jerusalem conference on biblical prophecy. I missed my graduation ceremony, but I couldn't have cared less. I was where it all happened. All the stories I had heard, all the scriptures I had studied since I was a young girl, everything I believed from the Word of God had taken place thousands of years before in this land I was experiencing for the very first time. That thought took my breath away. all those years ago and it still does today as we celebrate communion we are celebrating the fact that if Jesus had not died on the cross and shed his blood for us the world there would not be a new Jerusalem. It's all because of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice that he's made for each and every one of us. My prayer for us today is that when we think about Jerusalem, we think about the new, new Jerusalem, the old Jerusalem, when we think about Israel, when we think about all the biblical history, the prophecies there, that will also take our breath away. Jerusalem, Jerusalem. How Jesus loves Jerusalem. I've never been there, but I so identify with Jerusalem because that's, that's God's chosen chosen state and capital, Jerusalem. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, I praise you and thank you so much. Oh Lord, you're great. And I thank you, Father God. I thank you so much for Jerusalem. I thank you, Father, that Jerusalem is your chosen city. And I also thank you, God, because of Jesus Christ, what he done for us on the cross, that we, we can say, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. We can say, thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus for all the prophecies of your return are centered on Israel and Jerusalem. We thank you, Lord. And I pray that as we partake of this communion, Lord, 
that we will pause and think of Jerusalem, the Mount of Olives, And Jesus, you're coming again. You're coming in victory. Your first advent, Lord, you came as a, as a baby in a manger. But you're coming back on a white horse in glory. Oh, God, we love you. In Jesus' name, we love you.